Yes, I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Quick Cut Theology. This is my second one of these, and these will be just brief, uh, quick theology lessons over a couple of scriptures, usually two or three, but today we're going to do a few more. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 19. So I'm going to read through those real quick, and then we'll go back through them. Now, if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain, your faith also is vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God, because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, even Christ has been raised. Sorry, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. In verse 19, if we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. So... Obviously, this is you know this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. In this this section here, we're dealing with is talking about the resurrection of the dead, and there were people who were deceiving and misinforming the church in Corinth that there is no resurrection of the dead, um, possibly coming from the Sadducees, as they were known to not believe in the resurrection of the dead. And so, I guess maybe some of these people were falling for that. And so, Paul is addressing this this issue with with boldness and strength um, when verse 12 he talks about if Christ is if now if Christ is priest that he has been raised from the dead how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead so obviously there's some among them that are either believing or even false teaching the fact that there is no resurrection of the dead the whole Christian faith is based on the resurrection of the dead and I think you'll see that in these scriptures but if there is no resurrection of the dead not even Christ has been raised and so if there is no resurrection at all to anybody, then the core element of the gospel preaching that Jesus Christ lived perfectly, died for sinners, and was raised on the third day, that's, if that's the gospel, then they, the core key element of the resurrection is invalid. And so that's why the issue of absolutely no resurrection is so important, because then you, then you would have to claim that not even Christ has been raised. In verse 14, and if Christ has not been raised, then your preaching is vain. Your faith also is vain. What we just talked about, the gospel is, is centralized about around who Christ is, the, the God-man. He's truly God, truly man, one person. Yet his work is that he lived perfectly, died for sinners, raised from the dead, and of course he was ascended later on. But the resurrection, not only it, it's just a key element of the gospel, and so he's saying that if, he, if Christ hasn't been raised, then all this preaching, all this teaching, your faith in Christ is absolutely worthless. Verse 15, Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if, in fact, the dead are not raised. So he's saying if, if, if it's true that the dead are not raised and then Christ is not raised, then not only are we is our preaching vain and worthless and empty, we're actually worse than that. We're, we're blasphemers and false witnesses of God to claim that Christ has been raised from the dead if there is no resurrection of the dead. 
And then verse 16, for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. Same, same issue again. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. And so I think a couple things out of verse 17 there, that if Christ hasn't been raised, again, the Christian faith is worthless because it's, it's centralized about, around who Christ is and what he did to save people from their sins. And so if, if Christ has not been raised, then the Christian faith is worthless and there is no salvation found in Christ, which means that the people, everybody, would still be in their sins. And I think you can even apply that verse specifically to if you don't, if you are out there and you do not believe that Christ has been raised from the dead, and he has, but biblically, if you don't believe that he has been raised and you don't believe the gospel, then you are still in your sins. And so these people who are teaching that there is no resurrection of the dead and that Christ has not been raised from the dead, they are still in their sins. And what it means to be still in your sins is that means that your sins are not forgiven and that one day you will face a holy God who created you and you will be held accountable for your life. And God is perfectly holy and the Bible is clear repeatedly that if you've sinned even one time, you have fallen short and you will be condemned to eternal torment in hell to pay for your sins. Of course, we talk about many times in my ministry that it's a, the one sin theory is almost laughable because all any unbeliever does is, is sin continuously all the time. Even the good works that an unbeliever does, they do for their own glory, which makes it prideful, which makes it sin, and they do so all while denying the God who gives them breath and the energy and every, every other gift to do those good works to receive that glory. So if you're out there and you have not humbled yourself, ask God for mercy based upon who Jesus Christ is, that he is the God-man, and based upon his work alone, that you're trusting in his perfect life and his death for sins and his resurrection only for your salvation. That is the way biblically to be saved. And if you, if you reject that gospel, that's the only gospel that can save. And then one day you will face the scrutiny of a holy God at the white throne judgment and that the people who are judged according to the book of works are the ones who are thrown into the lake of fire. So we as human beings, especially fallen human beings, we can justify any of our sins and make ourselves sound in our own minds that we're, everybody knows that we're not perfect. But we all can justify our sin to the point because we love our sin. And, and so I would just humbly ask that you look at yourself and realize that God's perfect, His holiness, His perfect holiness requires perfect righteousness. And you fall short of that standard and to seek out salvation only found in Christ. All right, in verse 19, this is another good, well, verse 18, sorry. Then those who have also fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have, verse 19, if we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. There's a key point there in verse 19 where the Christian life, if you look at the biblical uh, description of the Christian life, is not one that is easy, it is not one that guarantees riches, and it's not one that guarantees health, and it's not one that guarantees, so it guarantees the opposite. It guarantees joy, it guarantees peace, guarantees these things that are of more value even now than the things of this world but the Bible 
clearly, Jesus clearly promises to his believers that there will be suffering, there will be times of uh, trials, there will be times of tribulations. And so there's prosperity gospel. These people will say, well, if you come to Jesus, well, he'll make you healthy, wealthy, and all this other stuff. That's a false gospel. And it's pretty clear here that if if your if your hope in Christ is in this life, then not only is it worthless and vain and blasphemous, it's also weird to be pitied because, again, the Christian life is self-denial. The Christian life is is one of sacrifice. It's not one of self-indulgence. And so, if Christ is, if that is a, if He's not raised, and we are teaching and preaching all those things, not only are we blasphemers, but we're also we should be pitied because we're serving. A, a Lord who's not risen, if and if indeed, if the there is no resurrection of the dead, but of course there is, and that's what I'll close with, even though I didn't read it. In verses twenty, verse twenty, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. So this is all railing against false teaching. So all of this is just making the theoretical points of the scenario if there is no resurrection, if that false teaching is true. Because they were claiming that the false teaching, yeah, it's not that big a deal. You know, you can believe in Jesus, this and this and this, but you can deny the resurrection. Uh, you cannot. You cannot have a Christian faith without the resurrection. But, again, verse 20, he has, biblically, according to God's scriptures, he has been raised from the dead. and It's been testified. And that was his, God the Father's declaration that he accepted Christ's atoning work on, our, on the behalf of those who will put their trust in him. So thank you for your time today, and I will see you next time either at the, or hopefully you'll join us next time at the Bible study that I post or another Quick Cut Theology, which I might be trying to do one a week, but that's Lord willing. Thank you again, and God bless.